You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. And welcome to our house church gathering here at Reality Honolulu. So glad that you can join us this morning. Uh, my name is Riz, the pastor here at Reality Honolulu. And that was my wife, Zoe, uh, leading worship for us this morning. Um, but, you know, we're coming to you straight from our house. We're in the stay-at-home order just like you. Uh, Zoe was just in our house playing the piano. And this is us in our little backyard. There was a little bet going on that this was a green screen. It's not totally real, um, but it's just us filming this at our home, trying to do the best that we can, and uh, just in our houses, just like you guys. But we're so thankful that you've been joining us, and it's incredible to hear how many people joined us for Easter, and just through technology, how we can all still stay connected and allow the Lord to speak to us and meet us here uh, each and every week. Um, so if this is your first or your second time, we're super grateful that you're here. And I uh, just want to welcome you into the reality of Honolulu Ohana. And uh, prior to all of this, if you do or do not know, we were meeting at Oliolani Elementary in Kaimuki, which I'm sure, like um, all of us, we miss our little cafeteria dearly. And uh, hopefully we'll be back there sooner than later. But for the time being... We're here at 10 a.m. each week, and you're viewing me on the screen. And uh, I'm just, in light of all that, I'm so thankful that we have the technology to do this. But before we get into the Word of God and study uh, the Bible this morning, I want to let you know that we actually have a new website. Uh, We thought it would be helpful to simplify and to adapt to this new digital season that we're in. And so that's active. You can go check it out at realityhonolulu.com. And I want to encourage you to go check it out because it's kind of everything's there that you kind of need. Info about the church. All our digital house churches are there. It's ways to stay connected. Links for online events like our prayer meetings Tuesday night at 8 p.m. If you haven't joined us yet, that's my favorite part of the week because I get to see most of you or a lot of you in uh, our digital Zoom gatherings. But there's nothing more valuable than we can do than to pray. And so uh, the links are on the website for that. And also there's ways to serve our community at this time. And so please go ahead and check that out. But like we do every Sunday, whether we're in person at Aliolani or digitally now uh, from whatever means you're watching this, in addition to worship, right, that we just had and that um, we're going to have at the end of our service, a big portion of our time is reading and studying the Word of God. And we believe that it's not merely, you know, the Bible is not merely a historic book, but we see the Bible as the actual words of God, that the Bible is living and it's active and it's God-breathed and God-inspired. And we see the Apostle Paul actually speak of it to his young apprentice, Timothy, in his second letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, Paul here speaking says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So it's much more than an instruction book. 
in the pages of scripture, we see God's heart and God's character, his good loving intention towards humanity. And we get to see and learn of the pinnacle of God's love, which is found in the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, which we celebrated this past weekend with Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And if you're a part of Reality Honolulu, you'll know that since the beginning of this year, we've been in the book of Acts in the New Testament. And uh, God has been so kind to meet us in it as we've been studying it, especially over the course of this last month during the start of this COVID-19 and all the abrupt changes and events that have happened in the world and in our lives. God has been so kind to carry us and meet us through his word, especially these last five weeks. And if you're new and if you missed that, um, encourage you to go on the website and look at those and allow God to speak to you. And uh, what we saw was this blueprint, these blueprints for us to what the church should be like in the midst of the world and um, super encouraging last few weeks. But post-Easter, right, moving forward, now looking ahead to um, kind of the unknown here, there's a ton of ways we could go, right? Uh, we could break and do a new series. There's so many good and wonderful ways we can see God in his word. But after praying and seeking the Lord, we really believe that God has placed us in Acts for 2020 through all that this year might bring and how very different it is from what we all wanted and expected. Uh, but we're trusting that God's going to meet us and care for us and speak to us through his word as we continue uh, this journey uh, in seeing the early church as we read and study Luke's account of how God met them and used them in the book of Acts. So uh, please grab your Bible if you have it. Uh, and turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 is going to be the text that we're going to dig into for this Sunday specifically. And I'll be reading it from the NIV. And uh, I'd love for you to do it alongside me with your family and roommates at this time. Here's what the Word of God says. Acts 3 verses 1 through 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg uh, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called a uh, temple gate called beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them so here we see uh, peter and john right again which are two of the 12 original disciples that are now part of this church that is thousands strong and our story picks up today in this season 
uh, of them living for Jesus in Jerusalem as Christians. And the church, you know, has been gathering and it's been looking like they've been in, you know, large settings and small settings and homes and what they've been doing. They've been praying, they've been worshiping, they've been taking communion together and they've been sharing and meeting needs. But today we see that these two guys are just walking and actually going to a traditional prayer service at the temple. See, they're continuing to observe these Jewish religious traditions, but again, it's with a new mindset. They've now been filled with the Holy Spirit. They have come to the realization, along with many, and believe that Jesus was and is the promised Jewish Messiah that every Jew was awaiting. So they're going to participate in a traditional Jewish prayer service at the temple during the ninth hour, which is three in the afternoon. And then we get introduced to the third character of the story. And it's a man who has been crippled, it says, from birth. If you remember, Luke, who is writing the book of Acts, is actually a doctor by trade. And we can only expect, you know, Luke knew more about this man. But what we gather is that this man was living with some sort of disability that left him with the inability to walk. Hence him needing to be carried daily to the temple gate to beg for money to survive. And so for this man, his physical disability had also left him with uh, financial needs to the uh, because of the inability to work. And so like every day, for quite some time, he did this. He was carried to the temple, temple courts and uh, he, there he, he, he begged for money. This was the normal routine for him. He would go to a high trafficked area, the temple gates, and especially during the hours of a service or a meeting, or in this case, a prayer service, he would try to receive money from those passing by just in order to survive. And like any other day, he asked these two to him, random guys, Peter and John walking by for help. But look at the way that these, remember, imperfect, flawed, normal, ordinary men, but newly empowered by the Holy Spirit, look at how they responded to him. What did they do? They didn't just walk by. They didn't just neglect him. They stopped. They interacted. They spoke with this man and they addressed this man's needs with the greatest resources at their disposal. Here's how it went, right? The, the man asked for money. Peter said, look at me. John added, look at me. I, I want your attention. And you can only guess this man expected that he was going to get what he wanted. But then Peter said, you're not going to actually get what you're asking for but I have something else. And I'm sure this man was like really disappointed with this initial response. Like, I don't want anything else. I need the money. I want the money. But Peter offered something greater than money. And it was the very person, power, and presence of God that would change this man's life forever. And so empowered by God, in Jesus' name, Peter touched this man, took his hand, and in faith told him to stand. And what happened? And immediately he did. And this man stood. And Dr. Luke here said for the first time, his ankles were strengthened. And not only did he walk, 
but he leaped, he ran, and he ended up running all over the temple courts, praising God. And if you remember, like, this man was no stranger to these crowds in the temple gates at this prayer service. This was the temple beggar. He was a regular. Everyone knew him. And they knew uh, the genuineness of his condition. They saw him day in and day out. Many had probably either given him money or walked by him, maybe even bugged by him. Um, but they knew him well, and they knew the condition was genuine. And as this man that they knew so well was leaping and abounding in joy and praising God, you bet that there was double takes in the crowds when they saw for the first time that this man wasn't hobbling, but was leaping and jumping and praising God. And their response, the text says, was shock and awe, like a, a, an absolute miracle had happened. And Peter and John, we'll see in our text next week, goes on to explain to the crowd what they're seeing and who actually did it. Because it wasn't them, it was God himself. But here's what I want for us to see today. See, this is a window, this text in Acts, is a window into God moving in someone's life 2,000 years ago. But it isn't a one-off. It's not some cool thing that happened then and it's stuck in the past. And it's just a story that we're just reading that happened ways ago in a far-off land. See, this story of God restoring and healing this man is the very type of thing that defines who God is and what he's all about. And what he's always been about and what he'll always be about. God makes beautiful things out of painful things. Let me say that again because you catch it. What God does is he makes beautiful things out of painful things. See, if we read the Bible for ourselves, which I in highly encourage you to do, you'll see that God turn turns times of mourning into times of dancing. What we'll see in scripture is that God can take even the most sorrowful situation and replace it with inexpressible joy. We'll see that he makes people that feel insignificant and that are hurting feel loved and cared for and valued, maybe even for the very first time in their whole life. And just like this man, through God touching him, he brought praise out of pain. And from laying on the ground suffering, begging to survive from other people's goodness to give him money. He went from laying on the ground suffering to leaping in joy. See, what also defines the Christian faith and our belief about God is that God doesn't change. That time or situation or circumstance doesn't change who God is and what he does. See, God is God always. There's no shadow in his turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the same way, from cover to cover in the Bible, we see God making beautiful things come out of pain and hardship. God desires that for you and for me today. And for the rest of the world right now, God desires the same. See, God isn't limited 
He doesn't have a stay-at-home order. Social distancing isn't an issue to him. See, this time is restrictive for everyone besides God. And I would beg to say that God is moving now with more people at one time than in all of history, right? Due to population size and the world, the entire world, maybe questioning about life. And more people are hearing about Jesus due to all, every church in the world being online, just like this today. And so for us here listening, if something isn't working out for you, if things aren't going well, if things are out of order in your life, which is probably all of us, me included, my family included. See, in Acts 3, it wasn't this man's, excuse me, it was this man's physical body. It was his condition that was the issue, that was out of order, that was broken, that was hindering and restrictive. For us, it could be us emotionally right now. It could be us filled with anxiety and fear and panic and stress. It could be that we're depressed right now. It could be financially that we've lost our jobs, that we're waiting for unemployment checks, uh, that we're small businesses just struggling to survive. Or it could be physically that, that we're actually sick, we're actually ill, or, or a loved one in, is, or, or we're fearing all of this. But in our pain, God wants to move. The question is, do we believe that? Do we believe that? I think it's so fitting that the very gate, the place in which this all happened in our story today, that very gate that this man was sitting at was called beautiful. And as you sit in your homes watching this, I want you to know that God is able and willing and wanting to meet you where you're at. And he wants to make something beautiful out of your situation. And he wants to fill you with praise from these places of pain that we may be in. To bring joy and sorrow and turn mourning into dancing. See, in this man's case, it, it ended up being immediate. Immediately he was healed. His situation was fixed. And sometimes God does that. Absolutely. Testimony after testimony in my own life, in others' life, in the world, that God can do that able to and does that. But sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it takes longer. He has different plans in store. But regardless, God is here. And like Peter and John said, God is better than silver and gold. God is far better than a fixed situation. His presence far outweighs anything this world has to offer. And I want to encourage you to believe this, to trust in this and ask God into your lives, into your families, into your homes. I'm expectant for God to move. I, I fully believe that God wants to provide and heal and bring joy and peace and even lots of laughter into your homes right now in the midst of all of this. And as we go into a time of worship, I want all of us to remember Jesus. Like if there's anything that we can do, like I understand that your screen time must be super elevated, mine is too, right? We're looking at news, we're reading tweets, like we're wondering, we're waiting, we're looking all 
over for, for the newest thing, how, what's going to happen? If there's anything that I want us to look at and pause and reflect and remember, it's who Jesus is and what he did for us upon the cross. It's because of the cross and resurrection why we can have hope, why all these things can come to pass. It's the reason why in the midst of storms and pain that he can bring joy and peace and praise. And so I'd love if you would take communion with us. Communion is a way to remember the cross. We've done this pretty much every week now, and so maybe you're prepared with your elements already. But if you're not, you know, traditionally, when Jesus sat with his disciples and he instituted communion, it was, it was bread and it was wine. That's what they had at the table. For us, if you have that, cool. If you have juice and crackers, cool. But Jesus is okay with whatever you have. It's Cheerios, it's orange juice, like whatever elements you have to remember, Jesus is okay with, whatever you got. But communion is a way to pause and remember what's most important. And all that's happening, the most important news is remembering who Jesus is and what he did for us to fix our eyes upon him, to look and ground ourselves on the truth. And communion is, is, is looking at, you know, the bread or every element you have. It, it reminds us of Jesus's body that was broken and, and the juice or the wine or whatever you have to drink reminds us of his blood that was spilt for us. And I wanna encourage you to do this with us in our time of worship whenever it feels right, whenever you have a moment um, to take communion with us during this time of worship to remember who Jesus is and what he does. Uh, let me pray for us as we enter into this time of worship. And if you can, stay tuned to the very end. We're gonna have um, a closing prayer and some words for you. And so let's pray and ask God to meet us in our homes now as we worship. Father, we thank you that the truth is that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this very story that we see in the book of Acts, you want to come to pass today. God, we just admit that for so many of us, we struggle in believing this, but so did your own disciples. They said, we believe, but help our unbelief. Those, that area where we struggle, where we doubt that you're able to provide and heal and meet us. We want to surrender those areas and say, God, have your way with us. That we trust in the highs and the lows that you're with us. That your love is far better than life itself. So we praise you. We worship you now for who you are and what you've done. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>